Let us pray, and we'll get started, alright? Let's pray. Dear God, we're so thankful for tonight, and pray as we look into this series, Lord. This is really awesome how you work this out, Lord. I've heard a lot of people say they're struggling with worry, stress, anxiety. Lord, tonight we're talking about giving that back to you, so that we can fully worship you with everything we have. But I pray right now, as we go into your word, you allow me to get out of the way, and you just speak through us. Lord, we love you, praise you, I pray. Amen. So, a lot of people uh, probably understand the, the thing of the series, giving up on Christmas. Why would we want to do that, right? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're giving up on Christmas, okay? More like the opposite, right? Because a lot of times what has happened in our culture, that Christmas has become so secularized, worldly, that we have forgotten how to truly celebrate Christmas. And of course, we can sit here and say, well, obviously the true meaning of Christmas is Jesus. Do we truly show that in how we celebrate Christmas? Do we truly show that how we go about this whole month? Because if we really evaluate ourselves, you know, it is we're not too far from Christmas, right? 21 days, actually, from Christmas, right? And a lot of us are sitting here thinking, man, I don't feel like I'm in the Christmas spirit at all. I don't feel like that I'm enjoying this month so far. But one of the things we always do, or a lot of us do, I know that I do, is we always have traditions. Christmas traditions, right? Uh, here are the three that I came up with, the, the traditions that we usually do. I messed that up here, I'm sorry. My bad. I know you can fix it because you're awesome. Awesome. Give it up, Katie. I'm kidding. So here are the three things that I usually and Katie do, right? We always do Christmas lights somewhere. We actually already did this. We did this on Black Friday. Is that right here? We, we do Christmas lights on the... Uh, Thank you. 
big surprise. The promised Messiah had come. But it was ruined a long time ago because they knew Jesus was coming. The prophets of old always did this because they would prophesy surprises that were to come. They would say, a Savior is going to be born. And other prophets would prophesy that one day the Savior would die for your sins. But ultimately, they said that there is a Savior who will be born. We turn to Isaiah 9, 6. Isaiah 9, 6. We're seeing Isaiah is prophesying of something that is to come. That will be fulfilled later, but not yet at this time. Now I'll read the whole thing. We're just going to look at verse 6. And it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, Prophet Isaiah often talked about Jesus the Messiah. So this, understand, this is hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And Isaiah is saying there's going to be a child that is born who's going to be the Savior of the world. So Isaiah speaks of the coming Messiah. Well, let's actually look at what he's saying. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Who, who is given this gift? God has given this gift of who? The Son, Jesus. Right? And so it says, And the government shall be upon His shoulders, and His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Notice, notice here, Isaiah is prophesying who the Son is going to become. Isaiah is describing the greatest gift that's ever going to be given to humanity, which is Jesus Christ. A child will be born, and the Son will be given to us. And every government shall be upon His shoulder, and every name, and His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Prince of Peace. Now, this small version is actually saying a lot here. There's three things we can get here. Number one, to us. God gave us Jesus. He initiated the relationship. He started the relationship. So yes, earlier I showed the example of I had a gift, right? I could have just gave it to her. That's what God did for us. He gave His Son. But reality of it is, if I was to hold this and you never receive it, it could be free, but you, you'll never get it because you didn't want it. Except he didn't receive the gift. Right? Now, God, however, sent Jesus. And the only thing was he gave it to us. Now, he initiated a relationship. Now, all we have to do is believe in him. Number two, government. Jesus Christ will be above all authorities. Now, you understand this. In the Jewish culture, the ultimate authority was who? In, in spiritual life. The priests, the Pharisees, right? Isaiah 9, 6. Okay? The Pharisees, right? So when they're looking at this, the priests, the ones that were above them, before this, they couldn't approach God. Who was the only ones that were allowed to approach God? The priests, right? So the priests. So understand that all authority was given to Jesus. The authority was being taken away from the full authority to the authority of being upon Jesus. And kind of understand what's happening here. Because later on, who were the ones going against Jesus? Those who were in charge, Right? They were the ones who went against Jesus. So notice Isaiah even prophesying, he's greater than them. He's going to be above them. He has the ultimate authority. So Jesus has been given to us, and he will be above all authorities. He's the ultimate authority. And then we see here names. Now, in the Jewish culture, do you know what names represented? 
Well, and everybody, they represent what? Great of the eye. Great importance. Yeah, we go that way. I give you a note by the same It shows who you belong to, and basically, so if you had a name, they, that name was associated with your father, so they knew who you were based off that name you were given. Notice Jesus here is given multiple names, right? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Okay? So, would somebody just give it now mostly? Do you think you would just give a gift to somebody who is your enemy? No, we're honest, we probably won't, right? Somebody who's being mean to us, somebody's dragging us down, we're not going to go out of our way to give them a gift, right? Ultimately, we give gifts out of, of the hell. Love. Out of love, right? So notice, God gives us Jesus out of love for all. Not just a certain people when He says, well, I'm giving my son Jesus, all you got to do is follow Him. God is love. We understand that through love, love gives. And so a lot of times, during the season, okay, we're all about receiving. Whatever I can receive, more I can receive, the best thing I can receive, the most expensive thing I can receive, I'll be satisfied. But ultimately, our thinking is wrong on this. Ultimately, we should be giving back service to others. Now understand, can you give something out of love? Yes or no? Yes. yes this is what we call obligation. Obligation, right? You, you, you say, well, I don't really want to give, but I'm going to give anyway. And a lot of times, this is how we treat God a lot of times. Right? I'm going to go and I'm going to put the bare minimum into God because, you know, I've got to do something. But I'm going to focus on these other things. Whether it's, whether it's our worry or it's our fear or things we want or we overcommit ourselves, we're not able to focus on Jesus. Whatever it is, a lot of times, that takes the front seat and Jesus takes a back seat. And I'm afraid that our Christian Christmas celebrations has become an obligation. We're not really thinking about why we're celebrating. So a lot of times we take the 25th, and even on the 25th, we're probably rushing here and there trying to get from this family to this family, trying to get everything fitted in, and then when I'm done, maybe I'll have time to worship God. But really, worship God first, and everything else will take care of itself. God, we just kind of go through the motions, and we take a lot of things for granted. Now turn to John 3.16. A lot of people know this verse, obviously. You don't have to talk to get there. Alright? You don't have to talk to get there. John 3.16. A lot of you know it. This is what it said. That's what it said. Thank you. Good. 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So understand this. You cannot truly give somebody unless you love. You cannot love unless you give. They're both. Okay? You can give to somebody, but if you don't love them, you're just giving out of obligation. Okay? But you also, if you love somebody, you willingly give yourself to, to, to that, those people. And it says this in verse 16. God loved, so He gave. God loved the world, so He gave His only Son, His only Son. How do we receive a gift? Because a lot of times, okay, we may receive a gift and be very thankful for it, but there may be other times when we ask for something, maybe not even on Christmas, but any time, we don't get it, and we get upset, right? Or we may get what we want, and then that becomes our, our only focus, right? How well we are receiving gifts? Because we've been given this gift of Jesus Christ, 
And a lot of times when we receive it, we take it for granted. Right? We truly don't cherish it. We don't cherish our relationship with Christ. We don't cherish the things that we have in life. Out you go. Out, out, out you go. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, we, we, we come to Christ and we're excited and we're on fire for Christ. Let me try bringing it. Okay, start bringing it in. And we're excited for Christ, but then something happens. Maybe worry happens. That's a beautiful gift. Look at that right? And then we're worried about stuff, so we overcommit ourselves so we don't have to think about those things, so we put more stuff on. And then, so then we're like, well, you know what? Uh, I can't handle this anymore, so I'm just going to go uh, live by myself and do something I'm not supposed to do in the dark. So I send some more. We start carrying all these different things. And then we're like, you know what? I'm just going to ignore all my friends, and I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to ignore God. And if I drop this, I'm sorry. And we're just going to keep going, and eventually we're trying to guard ourselves, and we're still doing what we want to do, and we have all these things. We still got all these burdens carried and it overwhelms ourselves. We can't celebrate Christmas. We can't celebrate who God's told us to be because we got all these things. And when it all, oh, there it goes. Oh, see? Everything overcomes. Hold on. But then, you know what? Sometimes we drop a little bit like that. Oh, help me out. Help me out. <laughs> we get so caught up, you know, we, we may drop one thing, but we still got all these things we're carrying. But you know what? We eventually pick that back up because we can't stand not being able to have control of things. This is what happened. Uh, so we just keep carrying and carrying and carrying, and then all of a sudden, Christmas is over, and we've forgotten. But I have, we have to remember, if we're going to truly celebrate Christmas, if we're truly going to live our lives, we have to do what the great philosopher tells us to do. Hopefully tonight, 
amongst the silliness, amongst the what we're going through, you're challenged by this. Maybe, maybe tonight you know that you're one of those people who's hanging on to something. Maybe you're one of those people who knows that you need tonight to let go and let God. You see, a lot of times we get so busy, especially during this time, that we forget why we celebrate Christmas, why we do things. So tonight I want us to be challenged. Tonight I know for a fact there's people in here who are struggling with some different things. And whatever it is, I'm asking you right now to give that to God. Whatever it is that's keeping you from worshiping God, whatever it is that's keeping you from truly surrendering to God, I pray you do that tonight. And so you're going to have some time tonight to think about what we looked at. We had a promised Savior, Jesus Christ. He came to earth. We're so excited for that. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. But then we forget. And life becomes all about us. Dear God, we're so thankful to be here tonight. To have a chance to hear from your word. To know that you love us so much that even when we did not deserve it, you sent a free gift of salvation that started with the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. But I pray tonight that we come ready and expecting you to move. I pray right now that we're not dogged down by our burdens anymore. That stress does not have to overwhelm us. That worry doesn't have to overwhelm us. Fear, overcommitment, whatever it may be, I pray right now just give that to you with everything that we have. But I pray that in this night tonight, worship, Lord, that we're ready and willing to give up things that are holding us back. Our pride is something that holds us back all the time. Don't let us get in the way, Lord. Let us get out of the way and speak to us right now, Lord. We love you so much.
we sit right now in the silence, Lord, if there's anything else that we need to give to you, Lord, I pray we do that. But I pray that this Christmas season uh, is not about us. It's about you. We glorify you, Lord. Lord. Let us get rid of the things that we've been holding back on for so long and just give it to you right now. Thank you so much, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a good night. A teenage girl had her plans reconstructed, her life interrupted when she was entrusted with something beyond our human measure, a treasure that was temporarily buried within her. Society would have classed her a sinner, but God's purpose for people was immaculate and bigger. This gold was something the British could never steal. There wasn't lights on the trees and the smell of chestnuts in the breeze the night before Christmas was revealed. More like a journey of over 70 miles in a race against time, not an elf in a film. The father laid all of his cards on the table for the hope of the world to be born on the floor of a stable. Regardless of the circumstances surrounding, all who were around him bowed, and in their hearts they crowned him. His name, Jesus, crowned the Prince of Shalom, absolute and completeness. He's unchanging and unmovable. The child was given as he was the only one suitable. A bright star shone a light on the stage, framing the opening scene of this reality play, where a child was given the responsibility of the world, regardless of his age. The angel shouted, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to all men. Their praise was relayed on the lips of the shepherds as they journeyed to the stables, the Bible says, with haste, and dropped on their knees in the hay and let their worship display while the animals around could only do the same. Wise men from the east travelled far from where they were to honour the king with gold, frankincense and myrrh. That day an innocent lion was born and the world adorned. What is a worthy gift? I can lay before him a gift that is worthy for the king of all kings, like placing your presence on Christmas Eve. Under the family Christmas tree, without Jesus, what would Christmas be? He destroys yokes and removes burdens. He is our provider, healer, and a hope that is certain, with a grace without bounds and love without conditions. Freedom in his hands to free the captives from their prisons, like placing your presence on Christmas Eve. Under the family Christmas tree, without Jesus, what would Christmas be? In honour for the King, we will worship at his feet. Alright guys, read your Bibles. Please turn to Proverbs chapter 16. If you don't have Bibles, please get one over there. Yeah, even a mark. Yeah. Oh, right. Alright guys, so tonight's gonna be interesting because tonight you're gonna have to evaluate yourself when we're looking at the sermon tonight. Because last week we looked at giving up the old things, giving up the things uh, that's holding us back. Uh, we kind of looked at a broad spectrum of things, alright? But tonight, what I'm going to do is something real quick. Yes. 
Tonight, though, you're going to look at yourself. Uh, because tonight, I've already seen, I've already heard uh, from you guys some things. And I know for a fact that all of us in here struggle with this by some of your actions that you show and by some of the words that you say. So tonight, we're going to evaluate ourselves. hope it's challenging to you guys. Uh, and if, and I just, just listen to what needs to be said tonight. Um, because tonight we're talking about giving up pride and materialism. Now, one of my most memorable gifts ever received was a phone. Now, a lot of times when you think of phone, you think of cell phones. But no, I'm talking about one of these phones, right? And uh, mine actually didn't have a cord. Okay, I'm not that old. That's the McCrae's, all right? Hey! Whoa! Why not a cord? I actually had a well, the reality is that that is ancient So no, I actually did not even get a uh, smartphone. I actually didn't even get a smartphone until after I was graduated college. All right. So you think you need your cell phone to survive? Not even true. Okay. Because uh, I did not have it until I got out of college. Okay, here. The yeah, yeah, you were behind, though. Everyone that's true. The only reason why I got one uh, was because I actually needed it for my job. Okay, so that's why I got one. And so, understand this, though. One of the smartphones, most of us in here have one, okay? Or want one if we don't have one. But understand this. With the creation of the smartphone, ever since then, our culture has become more and more self-focused. And as technology will advance, it's probably going to be continue to become more self-focused. Not that people weren't self-focused before, but now we got a cell phone in front of us almost 24-7. Okay, even when we wake up, and the first thing we, we go to is what? Our phone. Well, <laughs> yes. But usually your phone is what you do in the bathroom, probably true, okay? So, so we spend a lot of time with ourselves. And so we usually think that we need certain things. But I'll flip this for a second because here's another thing that we struggle with. Maybe we don't view ourselves highly. Maybe we view ourselves negatively. And a lot of times when we get so caught up in this, okay, it's prideful for us to not even talk about that. And so even when we're sitting there and we're toes are like up here, like, you know, I, 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 I think I deserve this for Christmas. If I don't get it, I'm going to be mad. Some of us maybe be down here and we choose to be prideful a little bit and do not share a little bit of that. Ultimately, our lives are full of distractions. And one of the biggest distractions we have in life is our pride. A lot of times we want to be the center of attention for things. Right? That should not be the case. I would make the argument that the number one reason that keeps us from truly worshiping during Christmas is our pride. Pride leads to materialism. You even saw tonight in the game, it was chaotic. One of the rules I told you to do was, was to not fight over the items. However, you naturally, some of you did that. So one of the other things I said was to not move the basket. Right? But... Naturally, some of y'all did that, right? Now, I told you you had to put all the items in your basket. Some of you just stood over there and did nothing, right? You decided, I'm not going to play at all. I don't want to be involved in this chaos. But a lot of times, okay, when you see this chaos, that's a lot how life happens. We don't take that time to go to the side and actually take a moment and spend time 
with God. And so in the chaos, it's easier for us to focus on ourselves because we cannot handle the chaos. So there's three things that we're going to be looking at tonight that I want to challenge us with. Right? Number one, pride comes before the destruction. Number two, seek God, not the world. And three, humble yourselves so that you can give of yourself. Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, I know we come in here with different things in our hearts. One of the biggest struggles I know I have, and I know a lot of us have, is pride. And it's really a broad spectrum of things, right? But we feel like that we need certain things in order to be happy. But Lord, you tell us that there's not necessarily happiness in our life, but there is a joy. The joy of knowing who you are and having a relationship with you. Lord, I pray as we look at this topic, I pray that you, uh, you, you allow me to come as a humble servant, uh, just speaking from your word, and look what your word says about this topic. And I pray that we give up these things, because Lord, if we do not give up our pride, if we don't give up materialism, if we don't give that to you, then we are too full of ourselves to truly worship you with everything that we have. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and I pray, amen. I told you to turn to Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. There's going to be in three verses there, but don't get comfortable there because we are going to other places in Scripture tonight. Now, the opposite of pride is what? Humility. That's right. Yeah, humility. Now, honestly, a lot of times we struggle with this. If don't believe me, let's play a game and you see very quickly how not humble we are. We want to win. We're competitive. Now, some of us, Still sitting to the side, okay? We may say, I don't want to get involved in this. Now, I make the argument you might be humbling yourself and say I'm not competitive, but you may just not want to participate if you don't want to be involved in chaos, okay? That may be the case. But ultimately, all of us at some point or another is going to struggle with pride, and the opposite of pride is humility. Now, do you think that God was prideful? Sorry, do you think Jesus was prideful, or was he full of humility? Full of humility. Now, I remember when I was younger, my mom was saying, when I was a kid, I much prefer to give gifts than receive gifts. Now, as a young kid, see, Mama McNeus, she said that. Yeah. Mama McNeus. Mama McNeus, she said that. All right, I'll put her on that. All right. So anyway, um, I remember her saying that, and I did not understand that because I love receiving gifts, right? Every time I receive a gift. Now, Katie hates when, when I do this, okay? This, this actually happened today. You know what I meant. But when somebody asks me what for Christmas, I usually say, I have no idea. Right? I have no idea what I want. I like to be surprised. Katie hates that. She's asking, I don't know, like 20 times at least by now. I told her I don't know. Usually the best gift that I receive is usually when I have no idea what I want. Somebody just buys me a gift and it means a lot to me. But as I got older, okay, um, one of the reasons I don't know what I want is because I like to uh, give gifts to people, not to receive gifts. Now, of course, if I receive gifts, that, that's one thing. Um, but my joy really comes from giving gifts. Now, Understand this. We often treat church as a pride issue. Church sometimes becomes about our preferences and not about following God. So in other words, we don't just do this during Christmas time. Okay? Church for a long time has been treated as a pride issue. People go to church instead of being in church. Okay? So that's, that's a lot what's happening in our culture. Now, you look at Scripture, look at Acts, that's not what we're called to be. You tell me in Scripture where they go to church, okay? And show me that in Scripture. That would be great. Now, I guarantee you're not going to find it. They may go to the temple. They may go somewhere to worship. But they never actually go to church. But every time the church is talked about, it's being the church. And it may talk about the church of whatever. And what that was, that was the body of believers in that particular area. 
Okay? But for a long time, it's been a pride issue. Preferences. If they don't sing the songs I want, right? If the preacher doesn't preach on what I want. Okay? If I'm not getting something from my church, I'm going to get upset about it. And so, this kind of transfers over into our lives and back to Christmas, where if I don't get what I want, I'm going to get upset. And so we've got to be careful with this, because ultimately, when we have this attitude, we have an attitude of pride. If you look in Proverbs chapter 16, Solomon wrote Proverbs here, and he says in verse 18, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Now it says pride goes before the destruction. Now, a lot of times we have this attitude of give me, give me, give me, instead of use me, use me, use me. And so a lot of times when pride comes, comes destruction. Now, do you know when the most money is spent in America? Any ideas? Yes. Not just Christmas. Halloween. It's actually from September through December. Now, now, correlation to that, why is that? Most often you're buying for different holidays, right? The two most spent money holidays is Halloween and Christmas, right? Now, if that is the case, okay, if we're buying stuff, most likely we're buying stuff for who? Uh, Ourselves. Not, it's not necessarily our needs, sometimes our wants. Now, obviously we need to, uh, God's provide us with stuff to provide for our needs, yes? But not necessarily that's the case all the time. That should be what it is, okay? But ultimately, um, if you look even when you get older, when you're buying presents for people, okay, uh, you want to buy the best you can, and a lot of times you're just spending all this money, all this money, because you you're, you have an attitude of pride. You've got to have all these possessional things. We're constantly focused on ourselves. And all of it revolves around our pride. Anything that fails oftentimes goes back to pride and greed. You look at all uh, the great world, all great uh, governments of, of, of the day, okay, they all fall in because of pride and greed. They either wanted more money or they wanted to get more things. And what happened eventually, they're crumbled. Okay, even look at the Israelites, right? God gave a promise to them. They continued to disobey over and over again. And what happened? They kept falling, right? They kept falling over and over and over again. It says in verse 19, verse 19 says, It is better to be a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoiled with the proud. Better to be lowly than to be a part of the elites. A lot of times we often place our wants over our needs, okay? I want certain things. Not that we need it, okay? I want it, so we've got to have it. But notice in verse 20 what it says. Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. So we see verse 18 and verse 19. It's all about our pride and how it leads to destruction. How do we get away from this? Trust in the Lord. Because pride ultimately comes back to us trusting in only ourselves. And so Christmas is the season to give up of ourselves and not necessarily to receive, but to give. Okay? Now, I understand God gave us the greatest gift of all, which was who? Jesus. Jesus, right? Now, I know parents in here, it'd be difficult for you to give up your son. Okay? Or daughter if you don't have any, any boys. That'd be hard for you. Okay? But God loved us so much. Even the ones who mock His name, even the ones who don't follow Him, loved Him so much He sent Jesus 
to die on the cross for us. And then Jesus was our example of humility. Now, if we're going to get over this issue of pride and the issue of materialism, we have to see God, not the world. Turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Verses 1 through 10, so you're there in the beginning. Alright, the, the, the time we are celebrating the birth of Christ, the time we should be celebrating the birth of Christ, is also the same time that we actually focus a lot on ourselves. We talked about last week different things that hold us back. Worry, fear, busyness, okay? We a lot of times allow these to focus on so much that it controls us. Now let me tell you something that I'm not happy with, okay? But on my mom's side of the family, every single year, every time we would meet for Christmas, our family would get into an argument. We would fight. Right? Usually, what are we fighting over? I'm fighting over something that didn't make a difference. It was over mostly possessional things. Right? There were times where we would give presents, and since it wasn't what they wanted, we'd argue about it. Alright? A lot of times, keep your hand down for a second. Okay? Thank you. Okay? So, a lot of times, that happens with us as well. We may not fight with our family, but sometimes we don't get what we want. Not even just for Christmas, but in life in general, we become upset. So look at verse 1 of, chapter, of James chapter 4. What causes quarrels or what causes fights among you? It is not this that your passions are at war within you. You desire and you do not have. So you murder, you covet, and you cannot attain. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or, do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says, He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us, but He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. So, uh, what is happening here is the first question that is posed here by, by James is what causes quarrels or what causes fights among you? Now, who is James talking to? Yes, believe Talking to believers, exactly. Now, it is the church, you're correct, but this is also the scattered believers. These are the ones that are fled persecution. That is talking to them. And even the ones that are fleeing persecution, they're, they feel like they've been attacked for a long time. That's why they fled in the first place. And the question is posed, what causes fights among you? And it says, it says your passions are at war within you. What's your passions? Your sin, your pride, the things that you desire. That's what's causing this to occur. In verse 2 and 3, we're reminded, you desire and you don't have. So you wonder. You covet because you cannot attain. So guess what you do? You fight. You don't have because you do not ask or you ask wrongly. Selfish desires. All this happened because of our selfish desires and our pride. And it says in verse 4, as he's talking to these people, friendship with the world 
means enmity with God. Verse 5 says, if you love the world, you're an enemy of God. If things of this world is more important to you, and that's what's most important, and you can really care less about growing with God, then understand you're choosing the world over God. So in your actions, you're showing that you love the world, but you don't love God by your actions. You may say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I love God. But what are you, what are you actually showing? Are you showing that you love God, or are you showing that you love the world? Now this all sounds bad, but look in verse 6. But He gives, he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Those who are prideful, those who cannot get over the fact that it's all about them. It says that God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And then you look in verse 7 through 9, it tells us how do we get over our pride. It says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Be wretched, mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Submit to God, resist the devil, draw near to God, cleanse yourselves of sins. And then it ends in verse 10, humble yourselves before God, and he will exalt you. In other words, how do we, how do we fight our pride? How do we fight this in our life? Give willingly to others as Christ has willingly given to us. You want to know what it means to give? Look at Christ and the ministry he had in the Gospels and how he was constantly giving to people. And a lot of times, who did Jesus seek out? Those that agreed or those that disagreed with him? Disagreed. Disagreed. Okay? So therefore, love God, pursue God, and do not, uh, sorry, seek God, not the world. Humble yourselves to give yourselves. Now turn to Philippians chapter 2. We'll end there. Tonight, Philippians chapter 2. Who, who's the writer of Philippians? Philippians. No. Paul, the writer of the Philippian church. Okay? Now, this is one of my favorite passages in Scripture because we see here where does humility start? It's one thing to say, yeah, I know I need to be humble. What does it mean to be humble? Humility is the start of true love of others. Okay? Look at verse 1 of Philippians chapter 2. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only on his own interest, but also in the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. So notice here, Paul is writing this from where? Where is he writing this from? Prison. Prison. From prison. And Paul, okay, is actually being humble here because Paul has every right, okay, to be upset, right? Because what he's done is he has went out, he's proclaimed the gospel, and since he's proclaiming the gospel, being obedient to God, he ends up in prison. But notice Paul doesn't seem very upset. Otherwise, he's, what he's actually doing here, he's actually encouraging the church in Philippi. And so, he, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, complete my joy, being in the same mind, having the same love, and of one mind. 
As the church, we should have a heart of service, not a heart of selfishness. Alright? And so we even struggle with this when we come in here, okay, as the body, as the church, and we're deciding, you know what, I don't get along with this person over here, or you know what, I don't like the way they're acting. We are automatically setting ourselves up and being like, I'm better than them, or I'm above this, or I want nothing to do with this because, well, they're annoying me. Are we really being in one mind in doing that? No, we're not. And so we've got as a church to always be in one accord. We've got to humble ourselves. When we see something that we know is not God-honoring, and especially when it's in the body, we should go to them and say, you know what, right now you are not, uh, you are not glorifying God. And you work through that together. God calls us to be the church, not to have a heart of selfishness, not to make it about us, but to be one, to be one with the church. It says in verse 3, count others greater than yourself. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Now this does not mean you've got to view yourself badly, okay? Not at all, okay? What it's saying is, is don't just go do something to get a pat on the back and say, oh, you've done a great, great job. Okay? It's saying, humble yourselves and understand we are one in the body, count others more significant than yourselves, and share Christ with them. Look to not only your interest, but also the interest of others. Verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now what is he talking about, yours in Christ Jesus? He's talking about the gift that God has given us, which is what? Jesus being born to this earth as a man, and then dying for us out of love for us. Look at verse 68. Talk about Jesus. Who though he was in the form of God. Did not count equality with God. To be a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of man. And being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient. To the point of death. Even death on a cross. So what is Christmas truly about, it's about Jesus Christ. Look at what Jesus Christ did. Jesus emptied himself. Okay? He had no pride. He was a servant. Jesus was born with a purpose in mind. Jesus was born with a purpose for dying for us. Living a perfect life, the greatest gift we have been given is Jesus Christ. He died for us and has a free gift to us to have a salvation in our lives. You know, even if we receive gifts, and it may be free to us, somebody had to pay for that. Right? Somebody paid for that for you, ultimately. Jesus okay, gives us a free gift. We don't have to pay for salvation. Right? We don't have to pay for salvation. It's a free gift that God has given us. He's given us His Son who died on the cross. But a lot of times, we look at Christmas as a one-time thing to celebrate Jesus as the baby, but ultimately, we're celebrating Jesus for what He would do and die on the cross for us. It was the beginning. Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because when Jesus was born, it changed our lives forever. Because we know the purpose, eventually, He would die on the cross for our sins. So I want to challenge you guys. What are we going to give up this Christmas? Are we going to continue to be selfish, to be prideful, to want all these things, to satisfy ourselves, to make us happy in this life and pursue the world or are we going to pursue God with everything that we have?
to bow our heads. Tonight, I know all of us came in here, some form or another, with a heart of pride, with a heart of materialism, wanting certain things. It's not about just personal possession, but we want things to go a certain way so that I can be happy. Tonight, I want you to look at this and actually look at Jesus Christ, because if we're truly going to pursue and give up uh, pride, if we're going to give up of ourselves, we've got to look to Jesus Christ. Dear God, we're so thankful to come in here and to hear from your word tonight. Lord, I pray that we understand where pride leads and it leads to destruction. And Lord, we saw an example earlier. Life can be very chaotic. Things are thrown at us all the time and it's so difficult for us just to control it. But you know what? That's where pride comes in. We try to control it and we were never meant to control it. You were meant to control it for us and all we have to do is follow you and be obedient to you. I pray tonight that we give up these things we give up our pride. Lord, we don't have to be defined by that anymore. Lord, I pray tonight that there's people in here who hear you speaking to them, that they respond. That they don't just leave here, hearing these words, and it just goes out. It goes in one ear, goes out the other, and says, well, it is what it is. I'll be good tonight, but after tonight, I'm going to go back to living the life the way that I am comfortable in, the life that I'm happy in. I pray we're challenged to give up our pride and to follow you with everything that we have. Because if we hang on to our pride, we're hanging on to everything in our lives that's holding us back from worshiping you. Lord, if there's people in here tonight that don't know you, I pray that they, they see you. I pray that they experience you and that they have a relationship with you. Lord, make us humble servants, not prideful servants looking for personal gain, but looking for spiritual gain in our lives, especially during this season. Thank you so much for all you do for us, Lord. We love you. We praise you in our prayer. Amen. Mm -hmm. Hold on one second. Katie, do you want to say something to a couple people? Right. Uh, actually, there's three guys that come. Do you already get them? Okay. There's three guys. Go see Katie. Everybody else is dismissed, right? Everybody's missed. Have a good night. See y'all Sunday. Worship band, don't forget practice tomorrow at 6 p.m., alright? What's the word? We live. Do you want to practice?